back to another episode of The Sports Skinny. As always, I'm your host, Samara Rosenfeld. We've got a lot to talk about today. We have the Celtics' loss to the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. We have NFL predictions, and of course, that goes hand-in-hand with gambling. I got Andrew here, as always, ready to chop it up. How you doing, Andrew? Pretty great, and uh, doing very well since football has come back. Tell you what, I feel alive again. I don't know. I, I don't know. My my bets have gone up and down. I think um, I think I'm one and one or two and one on the season so far. So so not not a bad start for me. And just you know, hearing Scott Hansen's voice on Red Zone really did bring me that extra spark that I've been missing. I totally feel you. It was the most fun I've had since COVID started. I mean, the entire Packers game. I think I may have sat for all of ten minutes of it. But are in that edge of the seat action. Great, great to have it back. Yeah, it's definitely great to have it back. And we'll have plenty more to talk about as far as the NFL. I do want to briefly mention the unfortunate 117 to 114 loss by my Celtics on Tuesday night. Jason Tatum goes off for 30 points and 14 rebounds, a game high in both of those categories. But Kemba Walker just didn't have it again. He wound up finishing with 19 points, which wasn't too bad. And he did make a huge shot in the, in the waning seconds of the fourth quarter. But it's just not the kind of production that you want to see from him. Even defensively, he's, he's getting lost. He's met, missing on switches. And, and it's proven to be an issue for the Celtics. And especially without Gordon Hayward, who's a really good ball handler and does well offensively in the zone. Kemba Walker really needs to step up and he's used to stepping up on the Charlotte Hornets, but not necessarily in, in the playoffs uh, in the NBA. And, and he, he's even acknowledged that he's been terrible, which I guess is good that he is holding himself accountable, but it's definitely been a bummer to watch him play. You have Jason Tatum with a shot in the final seconds to win the game for the Celtics. And I wasn't mad at the shot he took. I think maybe he could have driven to the basket, but he got a good look from beyond the three-point arc. It's a shot that he's made. He made it in the game multiple times, and he's made it throughout his career. So, you know, you can't be upset about that. Then in overtime, the Celtics wind up leaving Jay Crowder wide open from outside the three-point arc, and he hits it. He hit a few of those wide-open shots. I don't know why they continue to leave him open the way that they did. I don't know why they weren't seeing him as a threat, especially since he's been hitting those shots in the playoffs. He's shooting like 40-something percent from beyond the line. Uh, so, so that was difficult to watch. And then Jason Tatum had a chance to tie the game or win the game, and he drove to the basket, and Bam Adebayo had an out-of-this-world block. Again, you can't be upset about the shot selection by Jason Tatum. He drove right to the basket. He was about to dunk right on Bam. And it's why he is, he is in the position that he's in. And it's a, it's a tough loss for sure, especially since the Celtics had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. But we knew that this wasn't going to be an easy series. And a couple of things – if they would have gotten our way, the Celtics would have won. Luckily, the refing had nothing to do. They didn't make a big, you know, they didn't change anything monumentally in their play calls. So 
you know, you brush this one off and hopefully the Celtics bounce back. You don't want to go down 2-0 to this team. Jimmy Butler can go off at any second. He didn't have the best game, but he hit the three-point shot to tie the game. Of course, a corner three-pointer, which is – he only shoots like 22% from from that spot on the court. Of course, he hits it uh, against the Celtics in that clutch moment. But, you know, what are you going to do? On to the next one. And, you know, hopefully they can pull it out. If not, hopefully Gordon Hayward, who's now upgraded from out to doubtful for game two. Hopefully if they need him, if they fall down 0-2, they'll be able to get him back for game three. If not, Kemba Walker just really needs to step up. You have Marcus Smart, who stepped up huge. He's hitting his three-pointers. But... Jalen Brown needs to touch the ball more and Jason Tatum needs to put up, I think even more shots than he is. So, I mean, things are going to turn around for this team one way or the the other. Daniel Tice fouling out in the fourth quarter didn't help. And Miami going on a 6-0 run to open up the overtime period did not help either. So we look to bounce back on Thursday night and hopefully the outcome is different. But, you know, you also had the, the Clippers, huge upset, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, how about that? No All-LA final. No All-LA final. I think we both had the Clippers out of the West. Yeah, I think we did. I think – I mean, I think I had the Clippers and the Lakers. I don't know about you. But I was very surprised by that and very surprised that Denver could come from three to one, you know, behind to take them is it more of a choke job do you think on the side of the Clippers or on the Nuggets legitimate contenders for the Lakers I think it's a mixture of both I you have Jamal Murray who's playing out of his mind he's averaging 27.7 points per game something like that he dropped 40 points on Tuesday night against the Clippers Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combined for 24 points so it's there's definitely some choking there and, and you can't consider this a fluke because Denver was down 3-1 to the Utah Jazz and, and you know, Jamal Murray picked it up and Jokic picked it up and, and they're in the same position now where they came back from 3-1. I don't think this team is going to roll over as easily as you would think, but right. I still believe with LeBron James and with Anthony Davis – it might serve as more of an issue because I don't see them choking in the way playoff Paul quote unquote did and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Paul George was definitely a disappointment. And I think if you look at the nuggets have to be riding so much confidence right now. So they certainly are going to lose four straight to the Lakers by any means after, you know, being down, like you said, free one against the jazz and free one against the Clippers. They're going to put up maybe two or three wins. But in the end, I think LeBron is really on a mission to win one as a Laker. And, you know, he got all the pieces that he wanted, Anthony Davis. It would, it would probably be a big embarrassment for him if they didn't make the, the NBA Finals, the Lakers. So I, I, I still see them coming out of the West. I agree with that. L.A. will come out of the West. And I feel bad for – not not putting enough respect on Denver's name. I'm not knocking at all what they did because it's coming back from 3-1 twice in a row isn't a joke. Mm -hmm. So this team is legit. 
but I just can't see them being able to get past LeBron, who's had all of this rest. What, when did, when did the series against the Rockets ended? They'll have like a week and a half off to, to recoup and recover. Denver Nuggets, it's a quick turnaround. They're playing again on Friday night. So, yeah. I mean, it, maybe the series won't be as quick as you might think, but LeBron, LeBron ha- is on a mission this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just got to give credit where credit's due. It is so much fun watching Jason Tatum play basketball, and I think it was an encouraging start uh, for your Celtics. I agree with what you were saying. When it came down to the last shot, you know, in overtime and in regulation, he should take it every time, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Now that game, the Celtics game, is on Thursday night, and we also have Thursday night football. Thursday night football is back. We're back at it. We have sports happening. You know, we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. There's not much going on tonight. No, just Phillies-Mets. Always a good matchup for us. But other than that, I don't know if there's any playoff games actually happening. No, because the Islanders don't play again until Thursday night as well. So, so we have the Bengals-Browns, and both teams started 0-1 respective losses to the Chargers and the Ravens. And the spread is minus six. The Browns are favored to win. And personally, I like the Bengals to cover here. The Bengals held their own against the Chargers. If it weren't for a bad interception by Joe Burrow and a missed field goal by Randy Bullock, it would have went to overtime. You don't know what would have happened there. The Browns looked absolutely awful against the Ravens. Strong defense still, but I don't trust Baker Mayfield at all. I do think Kareem Hunt will have a touchdown in this game, and on DraftKings, it's plus 150 anytime. He had three more carries and 12 more yards than Nick Chubb, and I just see him being – I think it's – I don't know if that's even a one-and-two RB situation. I think that they're both number one running backs. They're going to split the carries a lot of the time. So I could see Kareem Hunt having a touchdown, but the Bengals covering six points for sure. Yeah, I love that bet, especially considering the fact that the Bengals allowed 155 uh, rushing yards against Los Angeles last week. I'm sure it'll be around the same this week. Browns put up 138 against Baltimore, a very strong Baltimore defense. So I think the rushing game is going to have a lot to do with this. I could see Browns maybe scoring all of their touchdowns on the ground because like you, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I don't trust those wide receivers. I think that may have been the most overhyped offense last season. I know it wasn't that hype this year, you know, him and Odell. But I do agree, Bengals plus six, that's a lot of points for – a Joe Burrow who is just – he seems like a franchise quarterback, totally worth the number one overall selection, and he, he has confidence on the field. That two-minute drive was, I mean, pretty much flawless. It's a shame it didn't work out differently for him. But if you look at it, the Bengals are 9-2 and two against the spread in their last 11. And, like, I think we're both in agreeing, agreement on Browns not – a dominant team, so I could definitely see like a 27-34 Browns win straight up, but Bengals cover. Well, that wouldn't have them covering. The Bengals, yeah. 27-34? Oh, t- sorry, 27-23. Oh. Bengals, 23. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
mistake. Yeah, it's fine. We were we were you were an English major. I was a comm major. We don't what? really do the math too yeah, much. Yeah, the numbers. No, I, I I don't even go on record. Twenty seven, twenty three. Browns win, but take Bengals plus six. Absolutely. Now. So that's Thursday night. Then Sunday, again, we have a full slate of games. And who, who do you like the most? Which matchup are you really eyeing on? The matchup, I mean, it is a little bit of a fan bias, but I love the Packers. Um, they're currently minus six against the Detroit Lions. Detroit's coming off a loss um, against Chicago. A bad loss. A bad loss, yeah, very much so. And that did you see the DeAndre Swift drop? I saw it, yeah. Ah, tragic. You hate to see something like that. That was right in his hands. But as a Packers fan, you don't hate to see it. That's true. That's true. I'll take the Lions losing in embarrassing fashion every week if it's possible. That that would be a great gift. Packers don't even have to win. As long as the other teams in the division lose, I'm happy. Um, But, yeah, so I do not see Detroit coming in with a lot of confidence in this game. But Green Bay – they look like Super Bowl contenders against Minnesota. Rodgers threw for four touchdowns, 364 yards. I don't think he's worried about Jordan Love taking his job at all because he seemed incredibly confident on Sunday. And the defense really helped us out a lot too, getting a safety. If we look at the betting trends, Detroit is 2-10 and 10 against the spread in their last 12 games. So they might need – you know, six doesn't seem like enough for me to change that. Green Bay is four and two against the spread in their last six. Um, if you're interested in the over-under, it's set at 49 and a half. And the total has hit the over in six of Green Bay's last nine games against Detroit. Green Bay put up 43 against Minnesota. You know, I could see them getting 40 again this week. So I go over on that, lean over, but lock of the week would be Green Bay minus six against Detroit. Now, I'm not calling this my lock of the week, but I do like the Bears this week, minus five and a half against the Giants. The Giants, now, so here's the thing. I don't think the Giants looked awful on Monday night. They Mm -hmm. showed some bright spots, but overall, they looked bad. So you have to keep in mind, they did play one of the top defenses in the league in the Pittsburgh Steelers. But one of the main problems was star running back Saquon Barkley could not get it going for the life of him. And it was bad for me. I mean, I have him on my fantasy team. He was the number two overall pick of our fantasy draft. But he he struggled big time, and and the Steelers were eating him up. He he only had – I think he had minus yards, uh, or or maybe he ended. I think he ended with six yards, and Ben yeah. Roethlisberger had more rushing yards than him with nine, right. which was absolutely pathetic. The problem is that he also failed at pass protection, and the offensive line was an absolute nightmare for the Giants. And I had Saquon Barkley also to score a touchdown. That could have happened, and Daniel Jones did look good for the most part, but he had that terrible interception on the three-yard line, and that's where he doesn't have the wherewithal at this point in his career to know to just throw that ball out. Instead, yeah. he makes a scared little, like, shuffle pass, and it went right into the arms of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was my nightmare because that's when Saquon could have just punched it in. But, you know, it's obvious he's still young. He's not at the next level. Now, the Bears, on the other hand, 
I would say, I don't know if they necessarily got lucky because Trubisky had a really good game. He threw for 242 yards and had three touchdowns. However, the Lions did miss a wide-open touchdown, as we mentioned, DeAndre Swift, in the waning seconds of the game. I was watching it on Red Zone. And the Bears' defense looked a little bit rusty. Uh, It resulted in zero fantasy points in our fantasy league on ESPN. And, you know, I still can't see Barkley being super productive against the pass rush. Uh, and the strong Bears defense. So I'm taking the Bears to cover at uh, minus five and a half. Yeah, I, I certainly like that. I mean, the guy didn't even put up 10 rushing yards last week. So and- he, he was just getting absolutely clobbered at the line of scrimmage. And most of his most of his yards were on receptions. Right. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. That interception was just deplorable. You got to know to throw that ball away or just take the sack. But to do one of those little I, – I have no idea what he was thinking there. It was really bad uh, and disappointing for me since I had Barkley in that – in a parlay with Chelsea FC. Oh, but, you know, things happen and, and we bounce back. I, ba- I was able to bounce back Tuesday night. But, Andrew, what else do you like this week? What else do I like this week? Um, let's see. I definitely – so probably if the Packers was my lock of the week, I would say my second, uh, you know, not lock of the week, Minnesota and Indianapolis. I'll take Minnesota plus three in this one because even though Packers did beat the Vikings week one, they still put up 34 points and had a lot of fight in them. Kirk Cousins looked good. He, he went 19 for 25, 259 yards, two uh, touchdowns, did have one pick to Jair Alexander. But the Colts also coming off a loss against Jacksonville. And I think these are two teams where, you know, it's not – obviously it's way too early to call it a do-or-die type of scenario. But if one of these teams go down 0-2 in their division, that's not going to look good. So if we look at the betting trends, Minnesota, you know, it doesn't necessarily support my pick here. Minnesota is 1-4 against the spread in its last five games against Indianapolis, so they haven't done well against the Colts historically. But I just really have a feeling that three points is going to – I mean, I think they'll win money line. I think the insurance, if you get it at three and a half, this could come down to a field goal, uh, last-second field goal type of game. And um, if you look, the public is actually also – somewhat heavy on Minnesota right now 69% of the public betting is on Minnesota plus three 31% is on Indianapolis via odds fire so the public thinking that an upset could happen I'll side with them on that one all right and you know I like that too the Colts it was very disappointing the Colts losing with you know Philip Rivers as the new head of the team and and actually I do want to bring this up so I'm in a suicide pool this year and the suicide pool that I do is very big, 386 people. It's a $50 buy-in. So, so we're talking a good chunk of money, 85 people, including myself, unfortunately had the Colts winning uh, in week one against the Jaguars. And I did the math to see who, how many people were eliminated so um, the most, the majority of the people selected the Colts 
to win. You had 38 people on the Eagles and 33 on the 49ers. And you had seven on the Lions, three on the Cowboys, three on the Giants. Two people had the Bengals, and then you had one apiece on the Broncos, Bucks, Falcons, Jets, and Panthers. 176 people eliminated in, in the first week. Wow, that's insane. Out of 386. Now, I'm fortunate that my pool has a buyback. So you could buy back in only if you lose in the first week. Right. So I'm buying back in, and I'm leaning towards either the Bills or the Steelers, but more towards the Steelers over the Broncos than the Bills over the Dolphins. I for sure like that play better. Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger seems like he still has it. And I think they came out very strong against New York, and the defense seemed really good as well. You never know with the Dolphins. They're a funny team down there. Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions in week one. He could have a five-touchdown game in week two against the Bills. You never know. If the spread is telling me that Pittsburgh are seven and a half favorites compared to Buffalo's five and a half, I think they're thinking that better chance that Pittsburgh is a heavier favorite. So I would definitely take Pittsburgh in that scenario. I will add to that. I do believe the Steelers will cover that seven and a half points against the Broncos. Agreed. Broncos, meh, not really feeling it this year. No, the Broncos don't do it for me. uh, And... Juju Smith-Schuster, that connection that he has with Ben Roethlisberger looked great. The Steelers will need to get James Conner going. He he kind of – he didn't really impress much in that opening night on Monday. But the Steelers have the pieces to be a contender, and the defense is, again, high caliber. So yeah. I do like the Steelers minus 7.5. And, and I will tell you my lock of the week, which might be a little bit surprising. The 49ers minus seven against the Jets. Wow. I am a Jets fan. I am. But you're, you're talking about a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns, three touchdowns, whatever it may be. Seven points doesn't seem like a lot here for me to give to the 49ers. The 49ers are coming off of a close but tough loss to the Cardinals, uh, you know, it, it was a, a short, you know, end of the game type of thing where the 49ers just couldn't close it out. Jimmy Garoppolo throws 19 for 33, which isn't that great, but 259 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. I think a big key to this, Raheem Mostert played well. He had 56 yards rushing and 95 yards um, on four receptions and a touchdown in the air. He'll need to get going a little bit more on the ground, I think. But the Jets, the Jets' defense has not been playing up to speed. You have Le'Veon Bell on offense, who's out. So who's our RB one? Frank Gore. You know he's he's like thirty eight years old. That's offensive line looked terrible. Sam Darnold looked like he didn't know what he was doing. The only bright spot of the game was the one play to Jamison Crowder. I would take the Niners by a million if I could. I really respect and admire your your courage to pick against your favorite team. That takes a lot of guts or maybe a lot of heartbreak. I, I'm not quite sure which, but mad respect. I, I agree. I think that seven points, 49ers should cover that easy. And I'm just sorry about Le'Veon Bell. I know he was supposed to come in with a lot of really big expectations. And now we, I know he didn't put up last year. Now he's not – he's injured now. So 
Maybe Frank Gore will do some magic. Mm-hmm. And you know the the thing is, the Jets continue to have hamstring injuries. The hamstring injuries were killing them during training camp, and now again during the first game of the season. Yet you still have Christopher Johnson saying that he trusts Sam Darnold and he trusts Adam Gase and his offensive guru-like abilities. But like, where are the Where's the evidence to back any of that? I, I'm just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, Darnold, yeah. he really needs to take a step up. And I wouldn't mind. There have been rumors about Allen Robinson on the Bears possibly seeking a trade. I wouldn't mind the Jets looking into that. That would be a huge boost for you guys. Absolutely. Now, what else What else do you like on the board? Because I'm going to bet against the Jets this week. Minus seven for the 49ers. There comes a time where you have to separate heart and heart and brain. That is, without a doubt, my biggest problem with gambling. I can never do that. And But I'm going to try not to this week because I think we're both – there's a lot of favorites on the board this week that I think should win handedly. Um, a, a spread that I think right now is – I don't know how the books have it like this. Rams, Eagles, I think it's Rams minus one, Eagles plus one. So it's basically at even money. I think I saw Eagles minus one. You saw Eagles minus one? I think I saw Eagles minus one on DraftKings. Well, then by all means, I would. my pick is the Rams. If they are minus one, plus one, even money. I think there are so many injuries on the Eagles roster right now. They have uh, Miles Sanders is questionable. Derek Barnett. Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, their defensive end, just got put on IR. I know I'm drawing City Sports, and normally I love picking Philly teams. That's something that my heart always gravitates towards. This week, I can't do it. Got to go with the Rams. Especially, I mean, Carson Wentz did not have a good game against Washington. Held on to the ball way too long in a lot of instances. And when you have Donald coming at you and that insane Rams defensive line, plus guys like Jalen Ramsey, our cornerback, I think Carson Wentz is going to struggle. And I would take the Rams in this one, hands down. You were right, though. They are giving the Eagles plus one. Um, ESPN has it the opposite way, if I read it correctly. But DraftKings has the Eagles plus one. And I agree with you. Wentz didn't look good. The only bright spot was was the tight end, Godert. He mm-hmm. looked good with his touchdown. I had him on my fantasy bench. It didn't matter. I still won in both my leagues. But I agree with you, the Rams, especially Jalen Ramsey's able to sell anything. Yeah. There was that questionable call on Sunday night against the Cowboys. Was it pass interference? Was it not? You know, was it holding? I don't know. But he was able to sell it and get the call, and the Rams were able to hold on to win over the Cowboys, which I don't mind. But I'll tell you a team that I'm taking as the underdogs this week. Oh, let's hear it. I like the Panthers plus nine and a half against the Bucks. Nine yeah. and a half points is a lot of points to be giving to Tom Brady, who looked like garbage. Against You have to give it to, a, again, a strong defensive team in the New Orleans Saints. But Drew Brees didn't have anything crazy. He he didn't throw the ball that often. No. He didn't target Mike Thomas the way that you would think that he would in this opening game. 
here's here's my breakdown of this is he he targeted um tom brady targeted mike evans one of the top receivers in the league i would say maybe top seven top seven wide receiver in the league he was targeted only four times he had just one reception for two yards granted it was a touchdown but now you have chris godwin who's in concussion protocol so you don't know whether he'll play or not. That's a big deal considering he had the most targets with seven. He had six receptions for 79 yards. So we could see a big spike in targets for Evans, or we could just see maybe them going to the running game more with Leonard Fournette, who only had the ball. I think he was targeted four times, had three carries. But someone on Twitter predicted a Brady to Gronk touchdown which would have been good for me last week against the Saints. I had a, an odds boost after Gronk signed, made the announcement and signed with the Buccaneers. But it could be possible if Godwin's out, maybe, maybe Brady goes back to what he knows and his rapport with Gronk is very strong. I mean, Gronk only had three targets for, and two receptions for 11 yards, but – you don't know what's going to happen. The offense didn't look that great, though, and, and things seemed out of sorts. I know it's just the first game, and there was a shortened offseason, and Brady has to learn a new book. But you have Bruce Arians throwing him under the bus, saying that he just didn't play good enough. And I don't know if that's what you want to do to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That could leave a bad taste in Brady's mouth. And, and I, I wasn't a big fan of that, even though me and Tom Brady don't go hand in hand. Now, the Panthers, on the other hand, held their own against a solid Raiders team, only lost by four. They were down 12, came back. Teddy Bridgewater, who finally has a starting role in the NFL again, he looked solid. He went for 270 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey is an absolute beast. He's hard to stop. He had two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson finally got his bag, immediately left let his presence be felt. He had 115 yards and a touchdown on six receptions. I see this being a closer game than, than, they're, than they're thinking. Nine yeah. and a half points is a lot for a team that can hold its own. And if you have Christian McCaffrey on your team, you can't count out the Panthers at all. Not, yeah. Panthers plus nine and a half, no doubt for me. Love it. I really love it after seeing the way Brady played last week. He did not look like he had it at all. I think he threw two interceptions, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, He and like you said, you brought up a great point. Um, the head coach doesn't seem like he has his back right now. And how can you have your coach and your QB1 already at odds after week one? Not a good look. Nine and a half. Is that the large – if that's the largest spread of it's the, the week. It's the largest spread of the week. Oh, well, I, I would take it. I, I feel like the largest spread of the week is always just a good play in general. Because usually, anything around 10 points, you have a decent chance of coming away with. And with McCaffrey, they could dominate possession. He gets a couple touchdowns. Brady doesn't do too well. Before you know it, it's like a 21-14-21, you know, 21 game in the fourth quarter. And then it comes down to one of those final drives. But you cover handedly with your nine and a half. So, I think that's a great pick. Now, so the next highest spread is the Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans that they're giving the Jags. It's plus nine for the Jags. So Titans minus nine as the favorites. Okay. What do you like in, in that game? That's a tough one. 
I mean, given how many uh, got how many kicks Goskowski missed in the Monday night game, I I don't know. Is Tennessee capable of blowing out a team? I'm not as confident in that one. That one I might stay away from just because who knows in Minshew magic. I mean, they upset the Colts last week. I think it's Minshew mania. Minshew mania. Get it right. It's magic Minshew mania. I need to get with the times. That's <laughs> I'll get out from underneath my rock. Minshew mania. You know, what was the spread against the Colts? I think it was like four and a half or five and a half. Um, I'm unsure. They were on against the Colts. I know that. And they came away with it. So, yeah, nine for them. Yeah, not as confident in that one. That scares me a little bit. I'd, I'd stay away from it. Now, I'll tell you a game that I'm going to touch, but not with, with against the spread. The Ravens, 1-0 against the Texans in Texas, 0-1 after losing to the Chiefs on opening night, Thursday night football. They're, they're giving – it's Ravens minus seven, and the over-under is set at 52. Now, I'm not necessarily touching Ravens minus seven, although I do think the Ravens will win this game. I do absolutely love the over 52 points. The Ravens score so much, and the Texans also seem to score a lot. They put up pretty big numbers against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, over 52 seems like something that could easily be attainable. Yeah, I agree with that. When these teams faced each other last year – the final score was Ravens 41, Texans 7. So right there, you're already at 48. You're basically close. If the Texans just played a little bit better, you know, assuming it's the same over-under last year, that would have hit. So I'm definitely confident in that too. I, I like uh, Watson's deep ball ability. You know, he always has a chance to score a deep passing touchdown real quick. So I could see a lot of points in this one too. you got Jackson, two great young cornerbacks. Why not? Are there any other games that you really like this week? Um, similar to you, I would say that the last game that I, I'm staying away from the spread and the money line, but I am hammering the over, is the Patriots and the Seahawks. Now, I'm not sure who's going to win this game because I don't want to buy too much into Cam Newton's first week. But I will say the over-under is currently set at 45, and I just think that that seems almost too good to be true. When we look at the um, the stats, Cam had 75 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns last week. Russell Wilson put up four touchdowns. The total has hit the over in each of Seattle's last five games against New England, so you have the historical side on you, and it seems like both of these quarterbacks are really trying to take control and leadership roles. And Well, Russell Wilson already has, is the leader of Seattle, obviously. So I'm but my point being, I think Cam is going to try to score a lot of points. Wilson's always good for a couple. And Seahawks gave up a good 30-some points against Atlanta. I could see them get, doing something similar against New England. High-scoring game in this one could be a 48-41 final. That's a ridiculous score. I don't know how I came up with those numbers. But somewhere way higher than 45. That seems like a gimme by the bookies. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would take the Seahawks minus three and a half just because I really like the core players on the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Lockett, DK Metcalf, who didn't have a great game but still had a touchdown in week one. 
I like those guys. The Patriots still, I think, have something to prove. So you're right. I might not necessarily touch that game unless it is the over-under. But I still think that the Seahawks can squeak away, even if it's just money line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it is Sunday night football. Wilson tends to play better in those Sunday night, Monday night primetime games. So it should be a good one. Definitely a good one to end out the week. All right. Well, Andrew, that's all I have. I mean, betting-wise, I've been doing pretty well other than NFL. I hit on um, – we both did, actually. I was able to, to fill you in. There was an odds boost on DraftKings. Shout-out, DraftKings. Sponsor the show, please. We had um, – <laughs> It was Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler to combine for over six and a half three-pointers at plus 300. I threw a quick 50 spot on it, and they hit six three-pointers in the first half alone, and then obviously Jason Tatum hit a three-pointer in the third quarter to propel us and give us that win. Very nice $150 payout, can't complain. Definitely made up for me losing on the – Chelsea FC and Saquon Barkley to score a touchdown parlay that I had on Monday. Absolutely. That was a great call. Easiest money. I didn't even watch the game, but I just was getting your updates and it was beautiful. Just It was like a free every five minutes before halftime to get up to six. That was a terrific call. And then we also both had the Celtics to score first at plus 150. Yeah, yeah, it was the boost. You got to pick a team. DraftKings had like a promotion. You got to pick a team, and it went from minus 110 to plus 150. And so we both took the Celtics, and I got nervous, obviously, because Miami won the tip, but they took a shot and missed. We were able – Celtics were able to secure the rebound, and Marcus Smart for three, ba-boom, goes in. (laughs) So last night was pretty profitable for me. Um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm hoping to be smart with my NFL picks again this week. I was a little reserved. I was giving my sister some some help with with what to take. I think I told I told her to take Mark Andrews to score a touchdown and I didn't listen. She actually wound up not listening either, but he had two touchdowns for the Ravens against the Browns. Oh. Um, but you know, I'm going to look at some more player props for this week. I like some of the matchups and Saquon's got to get into the end zone sometime, so I might just keep hammering away at him. Absolutely. Yeah, that trend can't stick around forever. He's going to be one of the top running backs in the league for a long time. And, I, 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 yeah, I think that's a safe play every week for him to get a touchdown. Him and run CMC. Mm. Him against the, against the Buccaneers defense, which – you know, they got torn up. Alvin Kamara's running game wasn't able to be stopped against mm-hmm. Buccaneers defense. So um, I think McCaffrey might be good for two touchdowns again. Might want to look at, at one of those bets, players Total. score two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. One of those would probably be a pretty good odds. I bet you could get like a plus 300, plus 400, or something like that. Well, Andrew, it's been a pleasure talking football with you. I'm so glad that we're back at it again. It it feels good. Yeah, it feels really good. Thanks so much for having me again. This was a blast. Good luck to all your bets this week. Yes, you too. I would say good luck to your Jets, but we don't really – that's your Yeah, I mean, at this rate, just lose out again. Let's let's tank for Trevor. (laughs) Tank for Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, I love that. No, you, well, yeah, why not? Thanks for Trevor is on the Jets. The Jets are just playing mind games. So, I mean, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Guy Boston Sports. Make sure you're following them. Make sure you're following myself at Samaros31 and Andrew at City John. City John? Mm-hmm. Every week I have to make sure it's at City John. <laughs> uh, follow Guy Boston Sports at Guy Boston Sports and Guy NYC Sports at Guy NYC Sports. And you know what else? If you have anything you want us to bring up on upcoming episodes of the show, please tweet to us. Let us know. We would love some feedback in any way possible. If you want to come on the show, if you want to write for either of the sites, please feel free to reach out and we'll we'll get you started. So have a great rest of your week and we'll be back again next week.